sports fans, it is Edge of Your Seat Podcast. <laughs> Welcome, it's Edge of Your Seat Podcast. I don't know what that was, some robot voice. Yeah, we'll call it that. Anyway, welcome. It's Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Episode... Man, episode 13. These are flying by. It's a lot of fun, though. I have a great guest, and I have another one today. I'm Brandon Lachance, and I will be joined by Nikki Edgecombe, 2001 Mendota graduate. She ran track. She played some soccer. And now... At the age of 36, she is still playing rugby, which she has been playing for over a decade. It's an awesome story. I had a lot of fun catching up with an old friend from school. And we actually went to Mendota and SIU together. Didn't really see her much at either, you know, lived different lives, you know, whatever. But every time I seen her, it was always cool. We'd catch up, say hi. She was always very friendly, and I tried to do the same with her. Anyway, not going to say anything more about that, except keep listening. It's an awesome interview. We talk about all kinds of stuff, including a pizza I have never had, and I think I'm going to try. It sounds good, but it's still a little different. You're going to have to listen to understand what I'm talking, to, talking about. Anyway, I want to talk about a few things before I get to the Edgecomb Nikki rugby awesomeness interview. First, I want to dabble into the national sports world here. Colin Kaepernick, please, Chicago Bears. Look into this guy. I know, I know. He's done what he did. He knelt during the flag. He started a phenomenon that is still happening to this day, still being talked about. It is what it is. He has beliefs. He's allowed to have those. But he also has a good arm. He's also very fast. He is also athletic. And he has also been a pretty successful NFL quarterback. All of things that you really don't have right now except maybe athletic. Mitchell Trubisky's athletic. I'll give him that. He can't throw the ball. Yesterday was probably the worst performance of the season, I thought. Underthrew too many passes, especially fourth quarter or fourth downs in the third quarter. Either or. What is he doing? It's like he wasn't even trying to throw to them. At all. I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm sick of it. I had high hopes for Mitchell Trubisky. Not like super high. I wasn't like Tony, our co-host Tony Milas, who cannot be here. Tony has been very high on Mitchell Trubisky, and we've talked about this numerous times. I wasn't like super high on Mitchell coming into this year, but I thought he was going to take a step forward. I thought he was going to be the guy that was capable enough of leading an offense to have comparable results as the defense. The defense at the beginning year was stellar. Nobody could get past him. Akeem Hicks gets hurt. We are seeing the value of the big man on the line. He's, he's irreplaceable. Irreplaceable. I think I just butchered that word twice. Irreplaceable is the right word. You cannot replace him. You really can't. Not only is he, is he big, but he's athletic and he knows what he's doing. I don't even want to name his replacement because I don't really feel like he's getting replaced. I, I really don't think that they have anybody on that team that can step in and do what Akeem Hicks has done. I, not at all. And with him out, Khalil Mack is getting triple teamed. Two guys is, if you get past it, everybody's like, hey, he's great. He can get past those two guys. Nobody's getting past three guys. It doesn't matter how big you are. But without that other guy that can get through the line and is as dominant as Akeem Hicks is, Khalil Mack's game is, is getting bottled up. So, the defense is taking a step back because of injuries. Mitchell Trubisky is not panning out. He is not an NFL quarterback. He is making it well known. His buys are over. You get into your third season and you're still playing like he's playing, it's it's over. It's You're a backup or you're out of the league. And I'm not trying to be a hater. I'm always telling people, you know, wishing people the best, keep their job, you know, do what they got to do. But I don't think Trubisky should be even a backup. Chase Daniels came in in the fourth quarter because Mitchell Trubisky supposedly had a hip injury. And Chase Daniel didn't look better or worse than Trubisky. So, I mean, what what is the deal? Why pay Trubisky money and, and you're getting outplayed by a guy that's been a backup quarterback for 11 years? And I'm not going to say outplayed. I'm going to say they were about even keel and Trubisky had more time to show that he can't be a quarterback than Chase Daniel has. But still, regardless, it's pretty awful. So why not get Colin Kaepernick, who can play, who is 
not really begging to play, but he's begging to play. He's ready. And the NFL is ready to have him back. Why not with the Chicago Bears? Why not? I don't see why not at all. He should be in the in the run, running of the next Chicago Bears quarterback. I keep hearing Cam Newton. No. He's old. He's hurt all the time. It's it's not worth it. It's not worth paying him the money that he's going to want to come to the Bears and fail. And if he doesn't fail, he's going to be mediocre. And we've had mediocre. So why pay more money for the same level of meteorocracy? It makes no sense. Really, none at all. All right, moving on from the Bears. I can't take it. And that loss last night, ugh, that's all I got to say. They looked good against the Lions, but that's the Lions. And actually, they didn't even look good in the first half. The Bears did not look good in the first half against the Lions, but they put it together and got a win. Well, now they played a solid team in the Rams, who are now only six and four. Why the Bears are four and six? They didn't do. They couldn't do anything. They couldn't. They got one touchdown and it looked awful. The rest of the, the game was not even worth watching. So while we're talking about bad Chicago teams, why don't we keep it going with the Chicago Bulls? I'm a huge Bulls fan, but I can't even really watch full games anymore. The guys that I thought were going to be stars or superstars in Zach Levine and Laurie Marketing, no, I was wrong. I'll, I'll just admit it. I'll, I'll admit it full-heartedly. Zach Levine is not a number one. He might not even be a number two. He's probably a number three. He doesn't make good decisions. He is trying to shoot over two or three people instead of making passes and making the team better. It's hero ball. Whenever Kobe White makes a good play or a good shot, Zach Levine is trying to one-up him. That is the sign of somebody that can't be the guy that wants to be the guy but can't be it because of ego and things like that. I see it every Bulls game that I watch, and it's kind of sadding. Because he's got the talent. He's, he's a scorer. There's no doubt. He doesn't play much defense, but, I mean, neither does James Harden. Not comparing the two at all. I'm just saying you don't have to be a great defender to be a star in this league. Harden's a super-duper star. Levine is not even going to get to the star level. I, I don't think he is. I mean, already in Chicago, I'm not the only one that's bad-mouthing him or saying that he's not on that level. Because he's not. And he's not playing like it. Laurie Markkinen, sometimes he looks like he is the man. Like, one of the best players in the NBA. And then five minutes later, he looks like he doesn't even deserve to be on the court. Very, very inconsistent. You cannot have that in the NBA. If that's the case, then you're either on the bench, playing limited minutes, or you're in the G League. And with the money they're playing marketing and the high hopes that they had for him, this is awful. It's really awful. And I, I can't really watch it anymore. I've been giving him seasons. I know Zach Levine had the knee injury. You know, it takes some time to get used to. Uh, we're not Euro ball. Marketing's only 20, is he 22? Marketing's 22. You know, he's still young. He's still got time. But the Bulls need him now. They don't need, they didn't invest in him and make him a marquee player on their team, same with Zach Levine, for them to not, to not execute, to not perform. And that's what's going on. It's kind of sad. It's actually really sad. Hopefully they can step it up. Saturday they lost to a Kyrie Irving-less Nets, 117-111. to the day before that, Friday, they lost to the Bucks, 124-115. And they had every every shot to win the game. The Bucks shot awful. They were not playing good defense. They did not look like the Milwaukee Bucks that will be on the court tonight. Today is Monday. And they play again. The Bulls and the Bucks do. The Bucks know they're better than the Bulls. They did not show it on Friday. So I'm betting that they're going to come into this game like there is no way that we should have played this way. And let's show them the real Milwaukee Bucks. And they can do it, obviously. They're one of the top three teams in the NBA, however you look at it. So hopefully they don't dismantle the Bulls. I never want to say see that, but I could totally feel that coming tonight. Wednesdays against the Pistons. The Bulls beat the Pistons 105-98 on November 1st. I don't think they had Blake Griffin. They had hopes. That was only like the fourth or fifth, maybe sixth game in the season. They had, they had high hopes. Well, now you can see even the Bulls' body language. They know they're not good. They know they're not getting the production that they should be getting from pretty much anybody on the court. There's a couple people for the Bulls that are, are playing all right. But nothing even like, oh, man, that was an awesome performance. Nothing like that. Nobody's 
stepping up in the fourth quarter. Nobody's doing the things that you need X-Factors or star players or anything like that to do to get wins. And then it's Miami Heat on Friday. Jimmy Butler, if he's playing, if the Heat have their lineup, I, I haven't checked injury reports or anything like that. I mean, that's probably going to be another loss for the Bulls. I never want to see the Bulls lose. But the way they're playing and the way other teams are playing and the star power that other teams have, it's kind of hard to be like, oh, yeah, the Bulls got this. No, yeah, the Bulls could win. It's kind of hard to do that. One more thing before I get to Nikki Edgecombe. What is going on in sports in general? I mean, Miles Garrett from Cleveland Browns to literally hit an NFL player. It doesn't matter who it is, if he's a quarterback or what team he's on or whatever with a football helmet, which is very hard, made out of metal. It is used for protection, so then you take it off or it gets knocked off, either way, and you want to hit somebody with it? What is that? When when did it become when you're an athlete or some an athlete or on that kind of stage, a celebrity or whatever, that you're no longer a human being? Like, whoa, let's just hit people with helmets. He got suspended indefinitely, and he should be. I wouldn't be mad if he has never seen in the NFL again. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen because the NFL is known for letting guys who do things like this back in the league. I don't remember his name. I want to say it was Albert Hainsworth. If I am wrong, please let me know. I think it was Albert Hainsworth like stomped on somebody's head when they were on the ground. And we're not talking about little little dudes. We're talking, again, 6'6". Anywhere from 6'5 to 6'8, 250 to 350-pound guys that are athletes and very muscular stomping on people's heads. That's insane. How they got back in the league, I have no idea. No idea. And Dominic Sue, I probably said his name wrong. I, But him, in his first few years, I don't know if he's still dirty, but he was known for taking cheap shots and, and trying to wound players and stuff like that. It's not worth it. Like, would you want somebody else to do that? What if... Mason Randolph, the Steelers quarterback that he swung, that Miles Garrett swung a helmet with and hit him, what if it was vice versa? Why don't anybody think like that? Hey, I don't want a guy swinging a helmet at me, so why would I do it to somebody else? For real, you're a grown man making grown man money, like way better than grown man money. Like 1% to 5% of Americans will ever make kind of money. More like 1%. And you're making decisions like that? And you're supposedly a role model. We're NFL, you're NFL players. Everybody's watching you all over the nation, and you decide to swing and hit a guy with a helmet. What does that really make you look like now? It makes you look like somebody that should be on the unemployment line. Just saying. Anyway, I got my little spiel off. I just wanted to, to talk about that, because it's been really bothering me. I saw that, and I'm like, oh my god. He was like, oh, look at this video. This is crazy. Like, not crazy in a good way. That's awful for sports. That's awful for the league. That's awful for each team, the Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's not good. If they wanted to fight like that, get into the octagon. Go to the UFC. That's what it's for. Even if you want a fake fight, book a match on WrestleMania for WWE. But there is no reason to do that on the NFL football field. Or NBA basketball court. Or MLB ball diamond. Or anywhere else. But anyway, man, if we want to see a fight again, UFC, WWE, boxing, whatever. There's all different kind of stages where that can happen. No reason for it to be on the NFL football field. I hope he doesn't come back. I have a feeling he will. He's already trying to appeal it. I don't know how you appeal when the NFL recorded you doing this. And there's clips all over. Not just YouTube. I'm, they're everywhere. I'm not going to label every single place that this clip is. Of you swinging a football helmet at somebody, Miles Garrett. Ugh, I can't talk anymore about it. Shifting to local high school sports. Basketball season is starting. Man, I love me some basketball. Gonna try to get to as many games as possible. Oh yeah, I gotta let you guys know this. We have IHSA passes, meaning we can get into games, do our interviews, have fun talking to athletes and coaches, and doing more things like we did for the Hall and Princeton Round 2 Class 3A football game. That was a lot of fun. I had fun. My girlfriend had fun. It was a blast. 
So, we would like to do it more often, and we're going to try to do that as much as possible. But anyway, basketball season starting. Peyton Heggie, who is an LP sophomore, made it to state in swimming in two events. Congratulations. She is going to be on this week. Fieldcrest and Princeton both won their quarterfinal games. Both teams are in the state tournament. Semifinals are Saturday. Fieldcrest in 2A, Princeton in 3A. I will have representatives from both teams throughout the week. Super pumped. Can't wait to talk some. It's, man, the more and more the playoffs go, just the more and more excited you get because you've been watching these teams, following these teams, coaches, and to see their success just makes you happy. You want the local teams around you to win, even if it isn't the school you went to or you don't know anybody on the team. It's just a good vibe for the community. It's a feel-good story for both squads. So, congratulations to them. We will have representatives on. With that said, share us, like us, let people know about us. We appreciate that. We're hoping that we're putting on a good show for you that you want to come back to and listen to and catch these cool interviews that we're doing with all kinds of different people in all kinds of different venues and sports. And Nikki and I talked about all kinds of stuff outside of sports, and it was fun. You know, I learned a lot about her and a lot about a different kind of life. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, it's an edge of your seat podcast. We're going to keep you on the edge of your seat with who knows what, but it'll always be entertaining. Catch us on Spotify, edge of your seat podcast, iTunes, Apple Music, edge of your seat podcast. We have a Facebook page, edge of your seat podcast, and a Twitter page, edge of your CP. Please listen to us, follow us, share us, comment. We love comments. If you want to say something directly to us, Tony and I, Please send an email, edgeofyourseatpodcast at gmail.com. It would be awesome to get some feedback. Let us know what you don't agree with. Let us know if you think, you know, if Miles Garrett, maybe he shouldn't be kicked out of NFL forever and maybe you should get a slap on the wrist. If that's how you feel, let us know. That would be interesting. Or maybe you think we should interview somebody that we haven't talked to or haven't mentioned or something like that always down for different people different stories you know it's a crazy world out here and we're all doing different things and it's cool to share that's why we're doing this follow us share us like us tell your friends about us we will be back soon enjoy the interview with nikki edgecombe until then peace i love being joined by guests but this one is a super cool special guest nikki edgecombe how are you doing Hey, I'm doing well. How are you doing? I am doing perfect. I'm doing better now that we're talking. Yeah. <laughs> so, first of all, so people know who you are. You are, we both graduated from Mendota High School. Yeah. I think you're a year older than me. I am. Okay, so you're 60, I'm still 35. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. We're both not even 35 yet. I don't think so, right? Uh, 36. Okay. I'm just kidding. Mid thirties, mid thirties. Sorry, I didn't mean to make you say your age over over this. Oh, that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) But now that you have said your age, you are now playing rugby or just finished a rugby season. Yeah, I just uh, we just finished our fall competitive season, um, and we won our playoffs. So we'll be playing again in the spring for nationals. uh, But for right now, it's it's the off season. So thirty six year old. Still getting down in rugby. Yeah, yeah it's kind of crazy. Like, I uh, ran cross country and track in college, and then my final year, my senior year, I joined rugby. Um, so I've been playing rugby since 2004. So 15 years of rugby. Yeah. Awesome. Just so you know, our listeners know, what level of rugby were you at? Was it a kind of league, or what were you playing in? Uh, when I started in college, it was just. It was just like collegiate play, and then I moved on to a D2 team. So for women's, it's uh, D2, D1, and then WPL is kind of like the Premier League. Um, I was on a D2 team for 14 years, and then this past year I moved up to D1. Um, so I played for the Chicago Lions. Awesome. And where do you guys play at in Chicago? Uh, it's kind of on the south side. Uh, it's, it's a, We're teamed up with Hope Academy, um, so we have our, our field with them. We just actually just got a new facility, so our field is currently open. So we have a turf field in Chicago that is just specifically for rugby. 
And then within like the next like three, four years or something like that, the rest of our clubhouse will be built, and then we'll also have a dome. Uh, so we'll have we'll be able to play rugby all year round. That's the goal, anyway. Hold on, I can hear trains. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, might as well just keep talking. Maybe that'll add some flavor, some trains. <laughs> some background noise. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> For sure. So how many teams are in this rugby league that you just completed last weekend? In the Midwest, let's see, we play each team twice. And let's see, there's uh, Minnesota, and then we'll play another team from Chicago that's D1, and then Detroit and Wisconsin women. So there's five teams, including us, 4D1 in the Midwest. So that's just in within like the five, six states that we play against. And you get to travel their places too? Yeah, so like we'll play them once at their place and they'll come to our place and play. So how did you get into rugby? I mean, I've known you for quite a while and I'm not trying to talk any smack, but you're not... Uh, I was actually quite small, yeah. like probably when you knew me, because I mean, I ran cross country and track, so like when I started running in college, I was only like 119 pounds, but um, I met this girl in one of my classes that played rugby, and I was done running, um, so I was just on the track team, like assistant coach or whatever, and she's like, hey, you should come out and play this, and they actually had their first tournament that Saturday, and she invited me to join on Thursday, so I had zero practice. Um, this team was kind of very social for Southern Illinois, so my first practice of like going there, we didn't actually have practice because there's only three girls that showed up that was drinking a case of beer and watching the men play. So my first game was my first practice. I mean, it was really intense, and I did get thrown around, but it was really cool. There's a lot of camaraderie, and it's just a very... You have to be very athletic for the for the team to be able to compete. So, I mean, it's right up my alley. Not only athletic, but kind of... I'm going to use a word that I would use, ruthless. Rugby is not a nice sport. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, and we don't wear pads. You know, mouth guards are optional, but, I mean, at the division I'm now, I'm at, I'm, I mean, with all my years of experience, it's come a little bit easier. But, I mean, I, right now I weigh, like, 140, and I'm still pretty small, and I still get thrown around. But, I don't know, you just have to have the mentality of, like, I'm going to kill whoever's in front of me. <laughs> well, I, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. They're like, yeah, I guess you do. <laughs> and the other thing when I, I saw that you were doing this is you've always been very nice. I mean, you and I would call you a friend. We've chatted. I've seen you. We both went to SIU. I saw you around there. I've seen, yeah. I've seen you at work around here in the Illinois Valley. You've seen me before. We'll stop, say hi, catch up real quick. Very nice, personal Nikki. And then she's playing rugby. And she's <laughs> Like I said, that's not a nice sport. Yeah, I mean, we're pretty, I guess we're pretty ruthless on the field, but after every match, um, I don't know if it's like a team requirement, but we'll hang out with the other team. So when we host like another team that comes and plays us, we'll play them, possibly beat them most likely. And then uh, afterwards, we'll, you know, drink beer and have food together and then they'll be on their way. We're all pretty nice to each other, too. So, <laughs> oh, that's, that's awesome. So it's yeah. pretty much just a game day face. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I never, I never thought like I saw the, the, the post. Did you put it on Facebook? Yeah, I posted on Facebook because we were going up to our Midwest, uh, we were playing for Midwest Championship in Lamont, um, and we beat the Minnesota Valkyries against, it was like 29, uh, 24, something like that, so, okay. it was pretty close, it was a nice game, yeah. What is your role on the team? My goal on the team? Well, when I play for the D2 team, my goal is always to go to nationals, and I think the farthest we ever got, we were placed third in the nation, and we never got there. But this team, this is the first year that it's played in D1, so there's like a probationary year that you have to play out. So last year was the first year that they played 15s. I guess I'm giving you a lot of information. So I love it. Keep going. I like, I like information. We, you know how it is. There's not a lot of people around here that know about rugby. Oh, yeah, I know, for sure. Um, so the fall and spring season kind of coincide together, um, and we play 15 aside. So on the field, there's 15 people from my team and 15 people from their team. So this is 15s that we're talking about. Um, so this is their first year playing at D1 15, so we're allowed to go to nationals. Um, last year we weren't allowed because we had to, like, basically prove that, hey, we can side a team, we'll – 
we'll play at all these matches. There won't be any forfeits. So we did that, and we went undefeated. So now this year, we won every game except for one, and it was a tie. So now we get to go to the Nationals. We placed it, so we got the high. We got a high bid for the Midwest, so that's, that's going to help our seeding in the spring. Pretty accomplished. I mean, this team has been around. I mean, the men's team has been around for 50-some years, uh, but the women's team, 15, just started last year. And then we also have a sevens team, so in the summer, that's the stuff that's actually been pretty much on TV, like the USA team for seven, so it's like seven people aside. You only play seven-minute halves, and you basically just sprint. Um, so I've been playing for that team for about six years, and that one's nationally ranked as well. So we just finished that season in August, and we placed uh, seventh. And you still live in, I guess, Illinois Valley rural area, correct? Yeah, it's quite the trip. <laughs> so how often, like, during the season are you traveling up to Chicago? Uh, we have mandatory practices on Tuesday and Thursday, so I'll go up there pretty much right after my job and then we'll start practice at 7:45, and then we'll get done around 9 30 10 and then i'll come back home okay and what are you doing for work around here uh, i'm a graphic designer i work at graphic electronics in spring valley and then i also work at hy-vee in the butcher shop i've seen you there a few times got to get my meats from there yeah <laughs> <laughs> siu life we have to we have to talk about siu Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't really have anybody here to talk about SIU because SIU in Carbondale is five hours away from Mendota. It is. It's so far away. It's like a town of itself. It's just a hole that you just go down there and and, and hang out. Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. <laughs> but when you come up here, there wasn't that many people that were down there. So it's like, who do I talk to about this that can relate with me? Yeah. And I do remember seeing you down there a few times. I remember the first time, I'm like, I had no idea that you were even here. Oh, yeah. I think there was only, like, one other girl from my class that went to Southern. And it was just me and her. And then I didn't really know too many other people that went. <laughs> and then you came up. And then, yeah. And then there was, there was one girl that was in my class that went. And there was another dude. What year did you graduate from Mendota? 2001. So you're three years older than me. I graduated in 04. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And there was, uh, I think there was two a year older than me. So when I was down there, there was you, me, and then three other people that I knew from this, from Mendota. Yeah, it wasn't really that popular, but it's a, mm. definitely a good school. Yeah, oh no, I loved it down there. I mean, yeah. if you don't get older and you stay in that college age with that mind frame and you're just you know living life and trying to make the best of times that's the place to be <laughs> for sure <laughs> <laughs> but if you're getting older and trying to just like make better money or do something with your life that might not be the place to be. <laughs> nope <laughs> <laughs> but for college it was amazing yeah yeah you came down after it got really crazy. Like, the year before I started there is when they had the riots. So it was kind of crazy when my first year down there. <laughs> like, I did hear all about that. We did have a riot when I was there, though, when the uh, the White Sox won the World no. Series. And what was that, 05? Yeah, 05. There were people, I'm not going to say if I was or not involved in this riot, <laughs> but there was legitimately about 300 to 400 students running all over campus, throwing things through windows, shaking over light poles. There was two cars flipped. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. There was some, there was some uh, burnt brooms right outside of Schneider Hall. <laughs> it was a good time. <laughs> But we were also lucky down SIU, the sports, at that time anyway, I'm not going to speak for now, I haven't been down there and not really paying attention as close as I was, but in 06, so you might have been gone by then, but were you, were you still there when, uh, you know, we went to the Sweet 16 in the basketball tournament? Yeah, um, I mean, I remember it, but I don't think it happened when I was there. Like, we just started getting good. Like, they absolutely sucked the first year that I was there. Like, they were horrible. And then they brought in a new coach, and they got a lot better, uh, but... Yeah, it got a lot better after I left. <laughs> okay. When I was there was the best that it's been since, like, the 60s. And it was it was awesome. I was at pretty much every game. I actually got paid to watch them because I was the member of the SIU game staff. 
Oh, nice. So I really just sat around being an usher, taking tickets, getting paid to watch awesome basketball. <laughs> That's the life. Yes, yes, yes. So when did you leave SIU? I left in 2005. Okay. And then where did you go from there? Um, I just came back home. I left my mom, started working at hy and then I just started playing rugby. So not, not too, nothing too exciting. It's like the, I didn't really have a real job yet. I was still waiting to get a real job. So it's like that boring time in between like graduating college and then trying to find a real job. <laughs> I don't think going to Chicago to play rugby is boring. <laughs> <laughs> I have fun weekends. <laughs> like, no doubt. No doubt. So how did you get into graphic designing? Um, it actually started my senior year in high school. I went to Aerial Vocational Center at LP and did graphic design there. And then I just continued it when I went to Southern. Okay. And then how did you get, uh, you know, you were talking about the, the boring time in between, don't have a real job yet, you're looking for it. So how did you find this position that you have now? Okay, so my best friend works, or, uh, is from Stream Valley, and I actually work for my best friend's dad. And he didn't really have any openings when I graduated college, but then one of the guys left, and he, like, called me over and gave me a tour, and he's like, well, I know you're fully capable of doing this. Do you want it? So that's how I got my job. I love those situations, just because you know yeah. somebody, and then it seems pretty easy. Yeah. Then it's just expectations, so I got to be able to meet them. But it's a pretty cool job. I mean, we do print, we do engraving work, do all the trophies, plaques, and stuff like that, and then I get to play on the laser every once in a while, and laser etch. Who doesn't like to play with lasers? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So is that something you see, you know, yourself doing for quite a while, or is it something so you find something else you want to do, or how are you looking at this? Oh, well, I mean, it's like a family-owned business, and there's only, like, five people that work here, so, like, the benefits is that I get well-rounded within the whole company, as opposed to, like, if I went off to somewhere corporate, I'd probably just be doing just graphic design. So I feel like I got a lot more education working at a smaller company and knowing everything from start to finish. So I kind of like this. You get, to, you get to see the project all the way through, 100%. Awesome. And what I found about our area is that if you want to go corporate or do big anything, you leave a lot of people and things like that behind. Is Have you thought about that too? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I have a lot of really great, awesome friends that are pretty much family to me, or I view them as family, and they view me as family. So you're starting to think, like, man, if I can do what I want to do, maybe on a lower scale and still be around them, like, maybe that's what I want to do. Is that kind of how, you know, you're looking at this, too? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I, I mean, I live with my sister, so, I mean, I'm still really close to my, like, sisters. So, I mean, that would kind of suck if I moved away and I wouldn't see them and, like, my nieces and nephews. And, I mean, I'm doing big things here. It's a good company. Yeah, I think you're doing big things. We just got to get them to branch out the rugby league and put a rugby team here. Oh, I know. They actually kind of started. I guess they have like a K through 12 or something started up. I don't know. WGLC like posted something about it and I tried messaging them and they didn't say anything back. But I guess there is a league for children in this area. There is one. I think it is in LaSalle. I've talked to the guy before who was running it last year. That's kind of exciting. I mean, other than that, like, the closest team for for um, high school would probably be, like, Chill Coffee or Naperville, and that's men's. There's not that many women's team, like, well, women's, like, girls' team for high school. Those are mostly, like, Chicago land. Yeah, Chicago land. That's Which is kind of sad, but, um, because yeah. they need more women in sports, but... I mean, it's starting to grow. Like, if you go more closer to the city, there's they actually start rugby in like fifth grade, so it's it's intermixed. So it's boys and girls up until about seventh grade, and then eighth grade is when they split them. So for people that are not from where we are, it's not even like the in Illinois, Chicago. But if you are like in a rural area outside of bigger, busier, booming places. It's kind of like that. You're like, oh, yeah, everything's in Chicagoland. Oh, yeah, everything's in Peoria. And we're, like, in the middle of nothing. In the middle of nowhere. <laughs> in the middle of nowhere, but in the middle of all of that. If you go an hour and a half northeast of Chicago, you go an hour north is Rockford. You go an hour south is Peoria. You go two hours south is Springfield. So it's like we're by things, but we're not by things. Yeah, yeah. Close, but not quite there yet. Yeah, so if we want to do anything, like, super cool or things that are not, like, in towns of 
3,000, 5,000 people, then we're traveling. Yeah. Just thought we'd let them know what we're talking about here. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's something you got to kind of be dedicated to just, just because it's not like... It's not, like, mainstream. It's not soccer or football. We don't really grow up with it. I mean, in, in, like, European countries and stuff, and, like, New Zealand, I mean, the kids just, they just start playing when they're, like, five years old. Like, my coach stopped, knew he wasn't going to be playing because he's from Ireland. He knew he wasn't going to go professional or anything when he was a couple years out of high school, and then he just started coaching. So, I mean, they definitely have a little more, a little more than us, but, I mean, it's growing. We're getting there. Yeah, definitely. Everything starts out small. But I wouldn't even call it small. I mean, just for, like, LaSalle to have a team starting, I mean, that's, I think that's a great sign. Yeah, it's definitely, especially with, like, such an age group. So I'm assuming that they're probably just going to try to get as many as they can and then hopefully try to form teams. Like, the more interest we get into it, maybe, like, we'll get some high school teams or middle school teams to be able to compete. Yeah, I mean, I think that's how it started with all, I'm not going to say oddball sports, but with... You know, back in the day with your soccers and stuff like that, that's that's kind of how it started. Yeah, yeah, I mean, when I started high school, I don't think they had a soccer team. I don't think they had a soccer team until I was, like, maybe a sophomore at Mendota. I mean, and then we're pretty good. Oh, yeah. I think we are. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, we are, we are. Mendota's been a pretty good <laughs> soccer team for quite a while. And I know this isn't uh, either in your wheelhouse or my wheelhouse, but bowling kind of did the same thing. I don't think we had a bowling team when I was in high school. No, we didn't have a bowling team either when I was there. And now Ottawa, LaSalle, Peru, Mendota, St. Bede, Hall, they all have bowling teams. Yeah. So, I mean, it starts off and then see who wants to, to follow. And usually, you know, if kids spark interest, high schools and stuff like that will join in. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then it's just like, well, I, so I also referee rugby. I've been refereeing for like 10 years. And... Uh, the one thing that I've noticed is that the parents are super supportive. They want to know everything and be involved. And, I mean, I think if we just get the kids kids excited for it, I think the parents will follow along, too. I mean, I know a lot of them are all scared because they're like, oh, you know, it's, it's basically like football without pads. But, I mean, there's a lot of things in rugby that you can't do, like football players can do, that we can't do. Kind of safer in some aspects. Every time that I think about rugby, I think about that movie Leathernecks with George Clooney. I think that is supposed to be football. So to me, rugby and football were not the same. They're not the same at all. But like back in the day, like I feel like they were trying to do that or starting to do that and then became more organized, got pads and stuff like that. And rugby was like, no, we're taking it like back in the day. Just make some different rules. Yeah, kind of. It kind of went like that. I mean, yeah, I mean, we're kind of like football, but we don't pass the ball forward. And we're allowed to kick during the game. Like, I mean, if you go, if you play on a football team, you have your offense and your defense, and you're on the field at different times. And on a rugby team, you play two 40-minute halves, and there's no stopping unless an infringement happens. But it's still like it's still live. There's no changing. Like everybody's on the field for however long they are until they get pulled off. If that makes sense. It does. It does. I totally get it. I've seen, I've watched a little bit of rugby. You know, I, do they have a rugby channel? I'm sure they have a rugby channel. <laughs> well, they just had the World Cup. So, I mean, it was probably on for the last month or so because it was in Japan this year. Is there a Premier Rugby League? Is that what it's called, Premier Rugby? Um, I mean, our women's team did WPL is Women's League. That's Premier. And then we also have MLR, and that's our Men's League. That's Premier in, in the United States. But our national team... I mean, they should have just been playing for 15s. And then 7s will start up in this. Well, they've already had some 7 tournaments. Okay. I think we're currently ranked first for USA. And you said, um, you know, we were talking about soccer and, and running and, and stuff like that. Do you do that in your free time still? I mean, those are sports. I always ask, you know, high school kids and things when they're talking about running track or cross country. And they usually pick it up by just doing it in their spare time and then they're like hey well I get to high school and there's a team so why not be part of it so is that was that kind of how it was for you and are you still doing these activities um I still kind of have to do those activities so uh the positions that I play kind of require me to be pretty fit um I play fullback and then I recently started playing flanker so fullback is just like the last line of defense that makes all the tackles but we actually do a lot of running so you have to be very fit to do that and you have to be kind of a good tackler. 
And then for flanker, that's actually supposed to be the most knowledgeable and fit position on the field because you just basically run everywhere and you hit everything. So, yes, I still have to run a lot. <laughs> like, can't get away from it. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. I understand. Well, we did say that we were going to talk about everything. All right. I want your thoughts on macaroni and cheese. <laughs> macaroni and cheese? Yes. <sighs> well, my favorite pizza is mac and cheese pizza. I have never had that. That's a thing? Yes. <laughs> it's, it's the best kind of pizza. Where? It's just, it's just basically all cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Is there noodles on top? Uh, it's noodles. It's just like mac and cheese. So, like, you have your pizza, your pizza crust, and then you put down, like, a cheese sauce, so like a four cheese sauce or something like that, and then you just put down mac and cheese and you bake it, and it's so good. It does sound interesting. Now that you just described it, it does sound interesting. <laughs> At first, I was like, that sounds nasty, but now I, I totally could eat that. <laughs> it's addictive. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I'm, I might have to try that now. Now I'm going to look up recipes and things. You're going to fall in love. <laughs> Does it have to be regular macaroni and cheese, or can it be like shells and cheese? I mean, you can do whatever mac and cheese you want. I mean, I usually just... I- I just use regular mac and cheese, and then I'll probably put extra cheese on top of it. It's so fulfilling. I did want to talk about this, just because I don't think I've ever talked to a butcher or somebody that works in a butcher shop. Is okay. your, what are What is your role at Hy-Vee? Are you a legit butcher? I mean, I know how to cut everything. I, I mean, I usually just work at night, so I just, like, close up shop, keep everything stocked, cut whatever I need to cut. So, But I do know how to cut everything. What do you need to know? <laughs> 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 I was getting to this point. I like how you're just like, all right, just say it, right? <laughs> just, just tell it to be straight. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, did it ever, like, knowing when you're going to get this job and you're going into a butcher shop, did it ever, you know, some people are like, you know, I'll, I'll eat whatever, but I don't want to see what it is or things like that. Now, you're cutting it, and so you're seeing it at a, a whole portion or something like that more than what we see. Did that ever, you know, turn your stomach or get you like, oh, I shouldn't have worked here, anything like that? Oh, man, I'm going to kill the fans here. So I started becoming a vegetarian in 2004, so I actually don't eat meat. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, I am, I'm a lacto vegetarian. I only eat eggs and dairy products. Oh, wow. So, no, I mean, the first year I was there, like, uh, none of them actually even knew that I didn't eat meat, um, but it was kind of gross, but now I don't, I don't really care. I mean, my favorite thing to do there is make sausage. <laughs> that is super crazy. So you won't, you don't even eat the stuff that you're cutting. And, no. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and that didn't turn your stomach either, because a lot of people that don't eat meat, they just, they don't like the process. They don't like, you know, this had a face. You know, things like yeah. that. So that, that didn't bother you at all? Um, I mean, like the first, you know, six, eight months it kind of did. But after that, I got over it. It's not like a meat locker. Like, they don't bring in animals. We don't start from there. I don't think I'd be able to handle that. Uh, so okay. it's okay for right now. So it's already cut down to pretty... Yeah, um, there's no see. eyes. There's no faces. Okay, so, so you, don't, you, don't see, you don't see any of that? <laughs> no. Well, that's still very crazy. I didn't... <laughs> Vegetarian works at a butcher shop. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. So why is sausage your favorite? I don't know. I think it's just those, like a lot of people that work there kind of like just think it's time-consuming and hard. And I just, I don't know, I find it relaxing. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way too when I'm at work. Like I like the long duration work. Like it gets past the time. Yeah. And you feel like you're doing something. You're not sitting around, like, waiting what's to do next. You know exactly what you're doing. I still can't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> Vegetarian at a butcher shop. I love it, Nikki. That's great. <laughs> so when you're in Chicago, since we're, you know, talking about food and stuff like that, what is some of your favorite places to eat while you're in Chicago? I personally love Chicago-style pizza, so anytime I'm up there, that's what I'm looking for. What do you usually really? get? I, I mean, I love pizza, and I love Chicago-style. So, yeah, that's what I do. Oh, man. I don't know. I don't really have any, like, favorite places to go. I've been trying to explore a lot. I don't, I don't know. Like, because I have such a dietary restriction, like, going places is always, like, what am I going to be able to eat? But I went to Chinatown for the first time, and that was kind of exciting. Nice. Uh, but, 
Yeah, I kind of like have to scope out menus before I go. Otherwise, it's, I'm going to be eating sugar packets. <laughs> uh, I gotcha. I, yeah, I guess... I guess that was a bad question for somebody that's, you know, on that kind of diet. <laughs> well, I mean, like, Chicago Diner is, like, vegetarian and vegan, and that's up in Boys Town. That's a pretty good place to go to. Okay. What was the vegan, like, coffee shop in at SIU? There was a vegan coffee shop at SIU. Oh, yeah. I went there a couple times and did homework. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. It was by ABC Liquor. It was, uh, like, Kitty Corner from there. The Bubble Tea Place? No, not the bubble tea place. Man, I wish I could remember the name. Somebody's going to hear that that went to SIU, and probably not anytime soon. It'll probably be like in a couple years. And then they'll be like, I know what he's talking about. But I can't remember. And I just saw a photo of somebody that I went to school with because I worked at the paper there, the Daily Egyptian. So we have an alumni page on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And somebody posted something where they're outside of this place. And oh. that's why I asked you, because I can't remember the name of it, and you're a vegan, so I figured you went there, but it sounds like you had no idea it existed. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> and it might came around, like, after you left, because I probably didn't start going there until maybe, like, 2007 or 8. Ah. Uh, yeah. yeah, there was just a lot of bars. I don't know, I don't really remember going to too many places besides the bars, which are, pro are like, all closing down. I'm really sad. I know. Rest in peace, Pinchpenny Pub. Oh, man. I know, right? <laughs> so my senior year, I lived right in front of it in those apartments. What? <laughs> yeah. So I was at Pinchpenny or Copper Dragon or Papa John's every Friday or Saturday night for, you know, at least a year, year and a half. Wow. So, yeah, I a lot of memories there. Some of my best friends that I know that you know came and joined me to celebrate graduation so i have that memory i spent my 21 my 21st birthday at copper dragon listening to people do american idol auditions <laughs> <laughs> so when i heard that they were closing or selling to people that are not gonna remain as a bar they're doing some business contracting stuff i don't know exactly what they're turning it into but it sounds like the bar is gonna be completely gone it's probably going to be gone. Yeah. And that place has tons of memories. Met a lot of cool people there. I'm sure you did, too. I even got my mom to go in there, too. And my grandma. Wow. And that's that's tough to do. Yeah, my my uh, my bar of choice, though, was, uh, was PK's. Did you ever go to PK's? I did a lot, actually. <laughs> you can get a frosted mug of PBR for 75 cents. It's like the place to go. And there was a pool table, and there was bands, like, yes. not all the time, but probably, like, one weekend a month, there was a, there was a solid band in there. Did you ever need a pickled egg? I did. Yeah. <laughs> did I almost throw it up the first time I had one? Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, PK's was, like, the townie bar. Yeah. <laughs> so the older people, or maybe not even older, I guess it was an age, you know, based on age. Like, if you didn't want to be around, like, the young college kids, you know, being idiots and stuff, you went to PKs. Yeah, you hung out with the bikers. Yeah, there was a lot of bikers there. Yeah. The funny thing is, is, you know, we've talked about this on this podcast before, Tony and I have, about how I have tendency to get in fights and stuff. I, <laughs> <laughs> I never got into a fight at PKs. Not once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would have got jumped. <laughs> but yeah, never got in a fight there. Never. So, uh, yeah, PKs, I hold that dearly to my heart, too. And then what was cool about, you know, going out in at SIU in Carbondale was every bar had, like, a different vibe. Yeah. You, you, there wasn't ever, like, the same, like, okay, I'm just in another dive bar or, oh, I'm just in another college bar. They were all different. Different, yes. And there was a lot of them, as you mentioned. <laughs> like in my head like I can't remember a lot of names but I'm going like oh there was sidetracks and then there was the it was Gatsby's but we called it Fratsby's because that was the frat bar the frat went, yeah <laughs> <laughs> and, you, and you made nicknames of them based on the environment there the kind of people that went there I remember leaving sidetracks and wise guys was right across the street and because I worked at the SIU game stop or game staff 
the owner of Wise Guys was like a season ticket holder and he was always there, so he'd see me there. So anytime he saw me out, he gave me at least one free piece of pizza. Oh, nice. I mean, it was only like $2, but still. But that was the hookup. When you're a broke college kid and you're going out, probably spending close to all your money, a free piece of pizza at the end of the night was fantastic. Have you ever ate that pizza when you're not drunk? Because it's not the greatest. No, I have never even tried. <laughs> Don't do it. I did, however, try to eat Don Taco when I wasn't, you know, going out. <laughs> That's not a good idea either. <laughs> And for people from the Illinois Valley or from Mendota, that's like going to Ziggy's on a on a Monday afternoon and getting lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right? Yeah, completely. <laughs> the crazy thing is Ziggy's isn't even open anymore like it used to be. Oh, really? They close at 10. What? They were... How are you going to get gravy fries at 1 a.m.? <laughs> I, I don't know. And you know gravy fries don't taste the same. <laughs> at 7 o'clock on a Wednesday. <laughs> but yeah, Ziggy's was, they had stopped, I don't know how long ago, but up to a couple months ago, they were Monday through five, Monday through Thursday, regular hours, and then Friday and Saturday, they would stay open 24 hours. But now it's, it's they close at 10 p.m. every day. Wow. Yeah. Those good old days, Nikki, they're gone. They're gone. They're gone. Now I just made myself sad. <laughs> <laughs> well, Nikki, it is always awesome catching up with you and talking. Oh, yeah, for sure. We're, we're going to have to do this again, especially in the spring when you're, you know, playing in nationals. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm pumped for you. I'm excited. You said this Thank is always, <laughs> always a goal, and now you're making it happen. Yeah. Thank you so much. Definitely. And maybe I'll see you at high V. Uh, yeah. And you better say hi. Of course. <laughs>